This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from howstuffworks.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott Benjamin, and that's Ben Bolin, and this is it- high-speed stuff. High speed stuff. Oh, you're gonna chime in, weren't you? I, I yeah. didn't know what, where we were going. The with pause, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I surprised you with it. You did. Yeah, you did. And we might have a surprise for a couple of people who thought they would never hear from us. Oh, Ben, more than a couple. More we've than got a to, couple. Yeah, more than a couple. And you know, actually, I've written back to a couple of these already, uh, because these requests come from eh, some of them a long time ago, others recent. Uh, but we finally have gotten around to our kind of our engine series, I guess, and where we're talking about different types of engines. Remember we talked, what was it the last time we talked about? Uh, hit and miss engine earlier. Hit, hit and miss engines, that's right. Now, today we're going to cover rotary engines. And uh, we do have a few people that have mentioned it, so I'll just quickly go through the emails and mm-hmm. uh, get the names out there, let you know who it was. Eduardo wanted to hear about um, uh, the Wankel rotary engine and why Mazda is, uh, he says, why is Mazda only company to mass produce it? Uh, that's true, but only recently. We'll talk about that. Um, there's also one from earlier this year, and it was Ted. Uh, Ted's from St. Louis. We've talked about uh, or talked to Ted before and answered uh-huh. his mail on, on air and uh, via email. Ted uh, was just – actually, Ted wants to know about um, doing a show about rotary engines and other engine designs that never really made it into production. Um, but he did mention that the uh, the Wankel engine might be something he'd like to hear about too. Okay. Um, but you know, rotary engines, of course, did make it into production. He knows that, but uh, not that specific type. Right. Um, let's see. Next one is from Dennis, and Dennis is also from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. And Dennis also wanted to know about, um, well, rotary engines in general because he and his wife, I guess, bought one a couple of years ago. This is via the email. A couple of years ago, he he and his wife bought one. Um, had a little bit of trouble with it in the cold weather. And mm-hmm. he was wondering why they had c- trouble with it in the cold weather. And I don't know if I have the answer for that today, but we're going to talk about rotary engines today. Um, but eventually they had to get rid of the vehicle because, you know, they were paying towing costs and things like that. So apparently there was some kind of issue with their rotary engine in cold weather. And I, huh, okay. Hmm, we'll have to look into that maybe. Yes, we'll have to investigate. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Then there's um, John, and John is from New Brunswick, Canada. 
And he says, um, <laughs> likes the podcast. Just going through his email quick here, Ben. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he started listening to Stuff You Should Know. Then this was kind of an evolution that he ended up listening to us. Um, likes to know what's going on in cars. But he said that he also would like to know about, uh, well, rotary engines. Nothing in particular, just saying that um, – he just has kind of an, an interest in what's going on inside there, what makes them so different from mm -hmm. other engines, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So this email fits in perfectly with it. Um, he has a couple of things that he says, you know, like that they um, – he mentions that they tend to guzzle oil, and uh, I've never heard of they guzzle oil, but I have heard that they're a little bit more um, – I don't know, on the fuel consumption side. Right, a little yeah. less efficient. Yeah, a little less efficient, but um, he, other good points there. Mm. So that was, uh, that was John from was New John. Brunswick. And there's one last one here from, from um, I'm going to say it's Maurizio. Maurizio is the name. And I've actually written back uh, to Maurizio, and, and Maurizio is from Malta, which is in Europe, and said that he's not, not technically minded, but um, says that he does like our podcast because they combine entertainment and education oh thanks man very good and we're, uh, we're very rarely accused of being entertaining <laughs> <That's right. laughs> or educational well no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so, so what's he saying he says that uh he'd like to know um about the different types of engine the pros and cons of each how they came about so on uh for instance what's with boxer engines v engines inline engines as well as rotary engines so uh, that is the list of, I think it was five people there. Yeah, there they, we go. We've got Eduardo, Ted, Dennis, John, and Maurizio. Mm -hmm. uh, and it may have taken us a second, but uh, maybe we should have a drum roll in here for a second. This is part two of our super series on engines. Rotary engines. Rotary engines. That's right. That's it. And uh, so where do you want to get started on this? Because um, they, they are truly different. Yeah. Than uh, a standard, I guess, what we'd consider a typical engine, which is uh, an internal combustion piston engine. Mm -hmm. um, wh where do you want to go with this thing? Because uh, it's one of those that uh, you got to kind of describe it piece by piece, and right. hopefully they can get somewhere where they can, you know, look online and see what we're talking about. Because mm -hmm. um, you know that's where the, the real, you know, that's where it all comes together, I guess. Fortunately, we're rather articulate, so I think we can. I think we can at least help people get a leg up in describing this. Oh, the yeah. first question would be the most immediate question would be, why is it called a rotary engine? Ah, good, good, good question. Because it has uh, instead of having pistons, like we just mentioned, it has it has rotors, and uh, just for instance, um, the RX-8, which is the current Mazda version that has uh, a rotary engine, um, this vehicle has a, it's a two rotary design. So it has just two rotors instead of uh, what would be six pistons or four pistons or eight pistons. Right. Okay. Just two two rotors, and we're going to describe all the shapes of this and what's happening inside and all that as we go along here. But um, basically, the you're saying why why would they use a rotary engine? Right. The benefits there's there's several benefits to a rotary engine, and the benefits to a rotary engine are that it's uh, it's lighter first of all because it's a much smaller design, it's more compact, um, it's a lot less complex than a piston engine. Mm -hmm. uh, the piston engines have, um, just for, for example, a, a typical or, or a, a comparable piston engine would have about 40 moving parts for an internal combustion engine with pistons. Mm -hmm. um, a rotary engine has about three moving parts, if you're talking about a two-rotor engine. If it, you know I like that kind of it, thing. I know. it. it yeah. There's a lot less to go wrong there. Now, um, it just means that it's, it's often more reliable. Uh, mm -hmm. because because of that design um now there's 
other benefits that we'll hear along the way here, but those, those are the big ones. It's lighter, just more compact. So, you know, it's a, obviously for a sports car, that's import, important because we've talked yeah. about weight. We've talked about, um, well, you know, horsepower to weight ratio and the placement of the engine itself helps it achieve a, a very neutral handling um, capability. So they can they can place it. In fact, in the RX-8, it's placed, it's in the front of the, of the car still, but it's behind the front axle, completely behind the front axle. And it gives it this this really outstanding handling. I've never driven an RX-8, um, but uh, from what I hear, they uh, they handle really well, and that's because of the the weight, um, uh, the balance of the car, the distribution of the weight, exactly front and rear distri- distribution. Okay. A um, couple of downsides. Yeah. If you want to talk about those yes. right now, we'll just get this out of the way, and then we'll get yeah. into the uh, the actual the how these the boats. yeah exactly how these things work. Um, there's a high, they're often a higher cost to build these engines, and that's because they're not mass produced like uh, like a lot of the other engines are. You can't buy, you know, as many pistons. You you just don't build as many of these as you normally do because mm-hmm. um, it's Mazda just building them in the RX-8, and they're saying, well, we need we need to build ten thousand a year or whatever the order is. That's not like you know the other companies that are buying enough parts for uh, say two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand of a certain type of vehicle every year right. certain certain pistons certain blocks certain you know camshafts whatever it is uh it's just a, a smaller production run that's all see that's and that's one of the questions that i also wanted to ask why has mazda decided to put in a rotary engine well it's uh, they've had fantastic luck with it and that's that's uh you know to their credit because um other companies have tried using this uh this this design this rotary design and uh i guess we can go back kind of to the early the, the beginning of this and we'll work our way up to mazda and figure out why mm. um and reasons that i just mentioned because it's a sports car it, yeah. it, it's handy to have this type of engine designed for a sports car if you can make it work other mm. companies have tried it and haven't really worked out too well now they, they do come in other uh, other flavors, I guess, if you want to say that. Okay. You know, the, um, I remember these engines being in uh, snowmobiles, things like that. Um, motorcycles even mm-hmm. had had rotary engines for a while. Um, airplanes have rotary engines. Mm-hmm. Some still do. They use uh, they choose to use that because of the uh, the reliability, I think, and the less moving parts. Yeah, that's um, a big one to me too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So this is a. Um, we can go back to the beginning yeah. and just kind of work our way towards the present. And let's let's uh, cue up in your mind that Wayne's World travel back in time music. Exactly. You know? So just to just to clarify here, yeah. we are we are talking about the the pistonless rotary engine. Yes. There's another type of rotary engine that is from a long, long time ago. Um, it, I don't even know if they still make these or not, Ben. I, I've got to be honest with you. I, mm. I've seen them. I, I can picture these in every airplane photo I've seen from you know the, the early 1900s. Though it's the type where um, you, you see all the uh, all the cylinders radiating out from the center. Oh yes, right, yes. Right behind the prop of the of the plane, right? Right. That is a type of rotary engine, or it could be a radial engine. Depends on the design of the engine. Now, a rotary engine is where. The, think about this. This is where the the crankshaft stays in one place. The okay. engine block spins around the, cro- the crankcase or crankshaft, rather. Which doesn't seem that efficient to no, me. No, it, it, it doesn't. But it, I mean, it's just all like once it gets moving, it's yeah. it's, it's efficient. It really is. It was a, a design for early airplanes. So again, the the block rotated around the stationary crankshaft. If you can imagine that. I can, but still seems it, exactly. Yeah, and and the other type that looks that, I mean, just to the layman, I guess it. Mm. it it looks the same as the 
as a rotary engine. I know that people are going to say it's totally different, but it, it looks similar enough that you would be confused maybe if you didn't know the, the exact differences, uh, is a radial engine. And the radial engine uh, used pistons that, you know, it was like more like a, a standard engine design in a way, yeah. but it still had the radiating design. But there was a, a, a crankshaft that was in motion inside there, and the block stayed still. Okay. And the pistons then worked in, you know, worked in a normal fashion, I guess you'd, you'd say. Just radiating around the crankshaft. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, again, to clear that up, we're talking about the pistonless rotary engine mm-hmm. when we talk about what, you know, the, the progression that we're going through. Um, it kind of all started, um, well, I'm going to get, I'm gonna, we have to mention Felix Wankel, who is uh, Dr. Felix Wankel. Um, he's kind of the, he's the developer. He's the one who uh, conceived of this idea in the first place. Uh-huh. And he was a German mechanical engineer. He was born in 1902, so this goes way back. Now, he didn't build the engine in 1902. He was starting to work on prototypes around the late 50s. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, he was into well into his career at that point. Which, uh, which 50s? 1950s. Okay, 1950s. just <laughs> he, was born in, he was born in 1902, so the 1950s. Yeah. Um, he first, I, I believe the first presentation of the, the working rotary engine that you know everybody saw in a vehicle for the first, first time like was exhibition in, exactly was in the 1960s early 1960s maybe even 1960 okay um, i've seen it credited for 60 61 62 mm-hmm. i think it just depends on where you're looking the source you know. so this is as opposed to the hit miss engine this is a relatively recent relatively mm. yes yeah exactly because remember that hit and miss that goes way back right, uh, right. steam days this is i don't as far as i know there's no steam power this, this goes back to the uh <laughs> to the flower children yeah there's yeah. no there's no steam power rotary engine as far as i know that'd be kind yet. of cool to see there's though. none yet not yet now that i've mentioned it sure someone's going to sure. do it um and it uses uh, it uses the typical auto cycle mm-hmm. uh which is the four cycles or four stroke cycle um intake combustion I'm sorry. Intake, <laughs> compression, combustion. I can't believe I screwed that up. Intake. What do you say? Uh, isn't it intake, compression, combustion, and then the fourth uh, exhaust? Perfect. Good work, Ben. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I wrote that down. Studying earlier. up. Is it on your hand? It is no. not anymore. <laughs> no, not, see, it's not on my it's hand committed anymore. Committed to memory, though, right? No, it is on my hand. Oh, just, God, come on. <laughs> I was trying to give you some credit. That's good. Very, very good. But how does it – this is the question people would ask then, and I think this will lead in nicely to what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. The next question is how does this engine go through those stages without a piston? Ah, here we go. This is where it all gets uh, – this is where it all comes together. And, and honestly, I'm going to say that it, it would help you if you're able to get to a computer, mm. look at this design online, or follow along. There's plenty of animations of this happening. So um, you could you could see it. There's one on our site, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pretty we, good one. Yeah, we do have a How Rotary Engines Work article that mm. was written by uh, by Marshall Brain a long time ago. Um, I'm sorry, Kareem, Kareem Nice wrote it um but it's it's been there for a couple of years and it's still valid it's still um still accurate but i'll, I'll try to go through the steps here as, as we uh, as we talk basically here's here's the way it is it's a real simple design truthfully there are there are several plates that come together in the rotary engine design and uh if you imagine uh the cent- there's a center plate which is um I guess it's a it's a housing really it's a center center plate that has the air intake. Mm-hmm. Then there is the the rotor housing, which is where the rotor ends up spinning. It's a little thicker than one of the uh, one of the end plates. There's a center, a rotor housing, and then a cap on the end. And if you go the other direction, there's another rotor piece and another cap on the end. So you've got this kind of sandwich layer that comes together. Okay. And yeah. in there you've got this, the rotors. When the rotors are 
um, triangular shaped, well, for lack of a better word, pistons. Mm -hmm. Not really a piston like you would think of, think of, but I mean, again, you have to look at these to understand exactly what I'm talking about. But um, they're they're a three sided piston that, or something that acts like a piston, I should say, because what it does is it spins on these uh, on the crankshaft has. has um, eccentric lobes they're not they're not shaped um you know perfectly circular of course yeah. they have these odd shapes on them and that's what drives the um drives the rotor around within this uh this chamber oh okay. around okay. around the rotor housing and the rotor housings have an unusual shape as well you'd have to see that to understand again sure. kind of pinches in, in the middle kind of like almost like a peanut would be shaped huh. if that makes sense if yes you, like big at the top small in the middle and yeah. bigger at the bottom and um all four cycles are accomplished within that little, that small area with the air intake, mm -hmm. uh, the, the compression, the combustion with, with two, uh, two spark plugs because it has a, a longer combustion chamber than, than a normal uh, or standard um, internal combustion engine would have. Mm -hmm. And then the exhaust port, which is really just a, a hole or an opening on the side. Um, so it's, it's really, really simple when you watch this thing happening and what's, what's going on. But um, in addition to having fewer moving parts, the rotor has, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the rotary engine uh, also spins slower than a standard um, ICE engine because, or ICE, because um, for every, how, is it, how does it work here? It's a three to one ratio. So for every time the crankshaft spins, uh, or the crankshaft spins three times for every one revolution of the piston. Oh, okay, okay. So you're getting a lot of output for yeah. the input that's being handled by the one revolution of the of the rotor that's a that's a heck of a ratio too yeah it is it's pretty good so they've got a, it runs a lot slower two are all that's necessary mm -hmm. um you're getting so every time around i guess um if you've got a two rotor assembly i think you're getting the same as six cycles is that right i think that's right yeah that's right yeah. that's right it's three to one yeah so it's a it's a really interesting design and I, i'm probably not doing much justice for the uh for the the uh the operation here at all but it's really really kind of cool to watch this thing happen mm. and, and watch it a few times really pay attention to you you know when when the intake's happening mm. the position that the rotor is in how it seals because on the on the ends of each of those uh those edges of the triangle there's a blade a metal blade and that keeps the seal mm -hmm. um so that you know the chambers are sealed off from each other but watch how those chambers um expand and contract for each different cycle and you really you'll you really learn how this whole thing comes together how it works scott i gotta ask you <clears throat> on behalf of eduardo john dennis ted Maurizio, mm -hmm. um let's say they want to see one of these engines working you know operating in real life mm -hmm. uh outside of the internet which is you know not my specialty mm -hmm. uh but they don't want to see the mazda where where's another sort of vehicle that they could see a rotary engine oh my gosh i don't I mean know. some I, of those planes i guess yeah, yeah some of the well some of the planes but that's the old style yeah that's the old style um if you want i guess i'm sure a lot of race cars have, have mm -hmm. rotary engines mm -hmm. because of size and weight you know they use yeah. the mazda engine uh, but really, Mazda is the one who's doing the mass production of these engines at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the snowmobile manufacturers are still using the uh, the rotary engines for you know this. I just I'm not familiar enough with snowmobile, mm -hmm. um, you know, the guts of snowmobiles to to know if they're still doing that or not. But I know that a long time ago. Now this is getting off the subject already. But let's go um, off the subject right, just a little bit. But I remember that a long time ago when I was in shop class, you know, in high school. Aside from picking up fashion tips from my uh, shop teacher. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yes, yeah, I brought it back. Um, I remember someone talking about 
using a snowmobile engine, like these Wankel design engines, a rotary engine for a go-kart and how unbelievably fast you can make a go-kart with a, with a, uh, a snowmobile engine, because you're oh. talking like something that's meant for a much larger machine that weighs a lot more. Sure. And it, you may have 50 or 55 horsepower that fits in the space, you know, a single rotor design that fits in the space of what normally would be a five or seven horsepower engine that you could put on a go-kart. And I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of modification that was necessary for this to happen, but um, I was always kind of halfway looking around for something like that, you know, to, to just appear, you know, that I'd be able to, to mess around with. But I never found one. Not yet, it. at least. Not yet, and I still have that go-kart. So you still have that go-kart. I do. I guess there's always that chance. But you know what? It would make it insanely fast and mm-hmm. dangerous. Um, well, you know, you'd have to worry about brakes, and you'd have to worry about, you know, because it would just overpower everything that Just I go, just only drive on straightaways. <laughs> only <laughs> drive good. it on the straightaway. Excellent solution. In a residential neighborhood hey, without other, speed bumps. One other quick thing that I want to mention here. Yeah. Um, the 2010 RX-8, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's got something called a Rensys engine. It's just a, um, and I don't know if I know even what that stands for, the Rensys. I think it's just like the next generation. I, I looked it up of somewhere. rotary engine, exactly. something, I've got something. It, you know what? I've got it in my notes here somewhere. Okay. I will try to find it by the by the time we finish this podcast, All right. but I don't think so. I got a pile of notes. So, anyways, it's a two rotor rotary engine that that it, it was able to get the uh, the engine of the year for the international competition, um, international engine of the year in two thousand three. So that gives you an idea that this wow. is a pretty pretty strong engine. Yeah, right around two hundred and thirty horsepower, two hundred and forty something like that. I'm, I'm guessing. I, I forget what it was exactly. Two thirty something. Bad at all though. Pretty good. And um, the other thing about the RX-8 is that you can, if you if you pay ten, a careful attention to this, I've been watching this for a couple of years. If you look at the very lower front edge of an RX-8, yeah, right in the front center, right down near where you know would bump the curb, uh, you can you can see the uh, the shape of the rotor at the very bottom of it. They've got a lot of these uh, these design accents that that show you the shape of the rotor. You know, it signifies that this is a rotary powered car. Huh. There's one at the front, it's chrome, and on the, at the bottom. There's one at the back that's chrome, and at the bottom in the center. And I believe there's some on the engine, you know, like just a, of course covering the you know the engine cover. And I know that the 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 headrest for the seats have the same cutout shape as the as the rotor. So oh, you'll nice. see this this triangular design, and that's that's to signify that this is a rotary powered engine, a rotary powered vehicle. Um, and of course, you can buy a bunch of accessories that have things like that too. Like the wheels can have that shape in them as well. Would you Would you drive a uh, Mazda like this? Yeah, sure, of course I would. Yeah, it's, uh, it's supposed to be. Now I know they say that uh, the rotary design is a little less fuel efficient. Right. Um, and I hadn't heard this bit about maybe it being unreliable in the cold weather. I don't know about that. I can't. I can't we might have confirm. to look into that. That'll go hand in hand with snowmobiles. Yeah, exactly. In I, our can't, episode. I can't confirm or deny that. But yeah, yeah good point. You know, snowmobiles are meant to be out in the, uh, out yeah. the snow and cold. I don't know. We'll have to figure that we one out. We can check but, into this but, one. But uh, I, I think I would. I mean, I think they're supposed to be real smooth operating, mm-hmm. real real quiet, um, very powerful for the size. What, what about you? Would you? Uh, I think I would. I think I would like it. But if I'm gonna get a non-conventional engine, you know, wishes or horses, mm-hmm. I, I'd I'd like to try a turbine car. Would you? Yeah, it just seems like a really strange and innovative idea. A turbine car? A turbine-powered car? Yeah. Turbine remember we did an car. earlier yeah. power, uh, earlier podcast on that. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> you know, a rotary engine would be pretty cool for me living since we live in. Um, urban area so our fuel efficiency you know i just don't drive as much mm-hmm. as i would like to yep 
and I might not be able to drive as much as I would like to if I had a rotary engine. So you're putting less miles in the car, and uh, you feel that this wouldn't be it'd be negligible at that point, right? Yeah, and, and you know, between the two of us, you're a bit more of the speed demon. So the the performance that we could get out of that, you know, mm-hmm. I'll hitch a ride with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about some uh, listener mail? Sounds good. All right, so Scott, Ben from New York uh, writes in, and he says, Hey, Scott and Ben, any just, <clears throat> I'm not going to do a voice. I'm not going to do a New York voice. You're not going to. Uh, I, I don't want to offend him. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> even the, even Matt is, is giving us a hard time. All right, well, Ben from New York, we're, we're going to read your letter real quick. Uh, hey, Scott and Ben, just finished listening to the How Armored Cars Work podcast. When Ben bought up armored vehicles for scientific purposes, I thought of submarines. Ah, pretty good call huh? very good yeah the intense pressure of the sea at many leagues deep requires submarines both military and otherwise to be heavily armored and fortified now ben goes on to say he's not exactly a submarine expert but he imagines a submarine will be able to take quite a beating hmm. all right so fish with guns fish with guns to, you protect yeah. yourself against that <laughs> against uh, of course the, the yeah. depth the depth, yeah. The depth, yeah. So that's it. The uh, the uh, the idea is that the construction, heavy construction like mm-hmm. that, is similar to uh, something that we use to carry money. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, what I'm getting, basically, right? yeah. And you know, it's neat because we haven't gone out into the water too much, uh, I guess, conceptually so far. But it, it was cool to have somebody write in and tell us a, another armored vehicle. It's pretty smart. I hadn't thought of some. How did we miss submarines, one bit. man? I mean, I, well, you know why? Because we were thinking of protection from. Themes, yeah. I guess. Yeah, know, yeah. Theft uh, from you know someone doing something like uh, like blowing up the road beneath you, and, sure. Uh, you know, shooting and you know that type of thing. We weren't thinking uh, just atmospheric conditions. You know that you know the, the pressure all around you is enough to crush the vehicle that you're in. Yeah, the angry, unending rage of water pressure, <laughs> That's right? right? So. Um, Thanks, Ben from New York, for writing in uh, to let us know that. We love listener mail because it lets us uh, see some things that we might have missed, learn some things we uh, we might not have learned otherwise. And we're going to head out. We have got to get, let's see, what, what do we have to do, Scott? Oh, we got a bunch of stuff to do. We have to, uh, I don't know. We have to do a bunch of stuff. Oh, we have, to, uh, we have to take a look at our Facebook and our Twitter page. Oh, yeah, we've got a Facebook and Twitter page. Mm-hmm. High speed stuff. Um, high speed stuff. That's right. And we've also got a Twitter account now, so you can follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, there's always the blog. You mm-hmm. can find the blog on the homepage if you if you're looking for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides that, we've got a ton of great and interesting uh, auto articles that you can just take a look at anytime you want. All of these things are both free and interesting. And if you think if you think they're not, uh, please spare Scott right into me, and and <laughs> and we'll work it out. But. Uh, Hopefully, you find those fascinating, so fascinating, in fact, that you've looked through all of it and there's something that you still don't have an answer for. And in that case, please write to us with your questions and send that email to highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.